This is the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. We come to you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of the Most High Yahweh. Tune in each week to hear teachings directly from Scripture, focused upon believing in the Father, His Son, and the holy and righteous law of our Creator. At the end of this broadcast, we will give you the web address whereby you may contact us for further scriptural information. Well, good evening. This is Brother Matthew with the Ministers of the New Covenant Broadcast. It is great to be back with you again for another evening to study in our Father's Word. Last week we began a series of lessons on the one-name tradition or the oneness tradition, which are very closely interrelated. And we talked about the manuscript witness of the Father's name and of the name of the Son. And when we closed out, we talked about how that some people in the sacred name movement, and I believe in the sacred name, I'm not so fond of the sacred name movement, but I do believe in the sacred name. I talked about that extensively last week, and that name is Yahweh. But what some people in the sacred name movement and also in the Pentecostal movement have done is taken their own interpretation of certain texts in the Bible and they forced their interpretation upon that text so strongly so as to deny what the text actually says first and foremost about the name of the Father and the Son. Our first and our foremost evidence is going to come from the available manuscripts that we have in our possession. And so what I want to do beginning tonight is comb through some of these texts that have been misused and abused by people in Pentecostalism and also people in the sacred name movement. And I will do my best to show the proper meaning of each of these texts. And hopefully you'll follow along in your Bible as we go. The first one is very famous. It's in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 43. Now, this is one of the first scriptures that you will usually hear from people who believe that the Father and the Son should be called by the, the exact same name. That's John 5.43. And the part that they usually quote is where the Messiah said, I am come in my Father's name. And that's usually the only part that is ever quoted. Now, when I was growing up in the Pentecostal church, or at least not necessarily in the denomination, but in churches that were... Pentecostal in their worship practice and also in their doctrine of baptism where they would baptize as they say in Jesus name or sometimes people would call them Jesus only churches well what people would do was they would read John 5:43, where Christ said I am come in my father's name and they would say well all through the New Testament we see that the son's name is Jesus so if he says he came in his father's name, that must mean the father's name is Jesus. I don't think that that's good logic. I think that that's working backwards. But what the sacred name movement does is they say, well, all through the Old Testament, the father's name is Yahweh or at least Yah. And so therefore, if the son came in the father's name, that means his name is Yahweh, or at least it must have the name Yah, which is the short form of the name Yahweh in the son's name. The name Yah is illegitimate. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but Yah is approximately 49 times in the Old Testament. 
very famous passage where you'll find it is Psalm chapter 68, verse 4. If you have your King James Version Bible, it will say, Extol him who rideth upon the clouds by his name Yah, and rejoice before him. And the KJV will spell it J-A-H. Back then, the J was pronounced as a Y, just like in the word Hallelujah. Hallelujah is spelled at the end of the word J-A-H, but it's pronounced with a Y sound. If you have a New King James Version, Psalm 68.4 will actually read Y-A-H. You also find this name in the New King James Version in Isaiah chapter 12. So Yah is a legitimate short form or sometimes poetic form of the sacred name it's called. So people in the Pentecostal movement and also in the sacred name movement exclaim that the Messiah and the Father or the Son and the Father should have the same name. The sacred name movement says they should both have the name Yahweh or Yah and the Pentecostal movement says they should both have the name Jesus. But here's the problem. I believe both groups have misused and abused the actual meaning of John 5.43. I think both of them are wrong in their quote-unquote exegesis of that text. Does this text teach us that the Son has the same name as the Father? Well, for starters, if we begin at John chapter 5, verse 31, if you look at that text, Yeshua is talking about his ministry being validated by the testimony of the Father. And he tells the people there that if he testified of himself, then his testimony alone would not be valid. He goes on to say that there is another that testifies of him. And if we just read on, we see in verses 36 through 37 that he's referring to the Heavenly Father. His whole point is that he's not testifying of himself, but the Father is testifying about the Son. His ministry is validated because of the testimony of the Father. And he tells those people there that they're not believing in him, even though the Father that they claim to believe in is the one who sent him. See, he validates the Son by sending the Son. The testimony is the Father's. Now, then in verse 39, in John 5:39, Yeshua goes on to speak of how they search the Scriptures because they know that eternal life is found in the pages of Scripture. But what they were not realizing is that the Scriptures testified about the Messiah. That's how Yahweh testifies about the Messiah, is the Scriptures that Yahweh inspired testifies about the Messiah. And then in verse 43, the Messiah proclaims that he comes in his Father's name, but they still won't accept him. And he also tells them, that they will accept someone who comes in his own name. Now, what is Yeshua saying right here? I'm coming in my Father's name. You won't accept me. But if another comes in his own name, you will accept him. Well, there's an obvious contrast. Yeshua is contrasting himself with others. Others who come in their own name. When another comes in his own name, it doesn't mean his own name has to be contained in his own name. That doesn't even make sense. What he is telling them is that he has the Father backing him. The validation of the Father is with him. 
He's not coming in his own name that is based on his own validation, based on his own authority or prerogative or testimony. That's not why Yeshua comes or how Yeshua comes. But the other that comes in his own name means that other is only testifying about himself on his own without the Father's backing, validation, and authority. And they would receive the other that comes without the Father's authority, without the Father's backing, in his own name, by his own testimony, but they wouldn't receive Yeshua who came with the Father's testimony. That's the whole point of John 5.43 in context. Yeshua is making the point that he does not come just testifying about himself like other men may and other men did. He rather comes with the Father testifying about him through the scriptures that the Father inspired. And that's what he means when he said, I am come in my Father's name. That sentence, I am come in my Father's name, doesn't mean my name is the same as my Father's. That's not the meaning of that sentence, even though sacred name believers and Pentecostal believers have tried to push it to mean that. That's not what it means. Just begin reading at John 5.31 all the way through verse 43 and following to the end of chapter 5 and you will see contextually, exegetically, that the text is talking about Yeshua coming by his Father's validation. He has his Father's backing. Now, that being said, do I believe that the verse teaches that Yeshua used the name Yahweh in his ministry. For instance, I am come in my Father's name, even on face value, doesn't say my name is my Father's. But it does say I am come in my Father's name. So do I think that a secondary meaning of that sentence means that Yeshua used and spoke and preached the name of Yahweh? Absolutely, I do believe that. Because to come in the name of Yahweh definitely carries the meaning that you are using the name of Yahweh. Let me give you an example. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's a very familiar account in the Old Testament. There was a shepherd boy at the time named David who would later become king of Israel. And David had a battle with a giant, a Philistine giant named Goliath that was nearly 10 feet tall. And David said in 1 Samuel 17:45, this is what David said, I come to you, David speaking to Goliath, I come to you in the name of Yahweh. David used the name Yahweh in his battle with the giant. And according to John 5:43, which is very parallel with 1 Samuel 17:45, Yeshua used the Father's name as well. However, I want you to notice something. Notice that David, the shepherd boy, the son of Jesse, he could come in the name of Yahweh, but that did not mean that his name was Yahweh. If David can say, I come in the name of Yahweh, and his name not be Yahweh or Yah, then Yeshua, or the Messiah, can say, I am come in my Father's name, and that doesn't have to mean, and it doesn't mean, that his name is Yahweh or Yah. What goes for David in 1 Samuel 17 goes for our Messiah in John chapter 5. He can come in the name of Yahweh without his actual name being Yahweh. So if someone is going to use, if someone insists on using, or I will say abusing, John 
to teach that the Messiah's name is Yahweh, then if they if that logic pans out, if they're going to be consistent by the exact same reasoning, they should also teach that David's name is Yahweh, according to 1 Samuel 17, 45. And just cross out every time they see David and put in Yahweh because he said, I come in the name of Yahweh. But it's very simple to see that that is an erroneous understanding. That's easy to see. However, tradition runs so deep that it is awfully hard to let go of. But we've got to learn to love Yahweh's word more than what we want or what we think. So let's move on to John 5, verse 46. Same chapter, a little bit further on in the verses. It comes on the heels of John 5, 43. And oneness people that use the sacred name or that don't, but mostly the ones that use the sacred name, they'll usually mention verse 46 in John 5 where the Messiah says that Moses wrote about me. He says, Moses wrote of me. And so they'll quote that verse and then they'll turn to a verse in the Torah, the Pentateuch, where Moses wrote about Yahweh. Now, brothers and sisters, people listening, that is not astute Bible study. You cannot just start piecing together scriptures that are not meant to be parallel. When Yeshua spoke the words recorded in John 5.46, he was not talking about Deuteronomy. Let's just take for example. He wasn't talking about Deuteronomy 32.3 where Moses wrote, I will proclaim Yahweh's name. Our Messiah in John 5.46 was not talking about Deuteronomy 32.3. When he said, Moses wrote of me. Instead, Yeshua was talking about the many messianic sections in the writings of Moses, which are prophecies of the coming Messiah. That's where Moses wrote of him. One such place that I always like to go to because it's very prominent and it's quoted in the New Testament in the book of Acts is Deuteronomy 18, 18 through 19. I'm going to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18. You can follow along with me in your Bible if you so choose. Deuteronomy 18, 18 through 19. I'm reading out of the, let's see, English Standard Version. It's the one that was closest to me here in my office. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Now, this is Yahweh speaking, but he's speaking through the pen of Moses. I don't know if I should say pen, but whatever writing utensil Moses was using. So he's speaking through Moses. This is one of the places where Moses wrote of Yeshua, the Messiah, the man from Nazareth. And if you'll flip from there to Acts chapter 3, verses 18 through 26. We read this from the mouth of Peter. Peter says, But what Yahweh foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Master, and that he may send the Messiah appointed for you, Yeshua, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which Yahweh spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. One of them was Moses. Listen to verse 22, Acts 3. Moses said, 
Notice who Peter attributes this next quotation to. Moses. Moses said, Yahweh Almighty will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. That's a direct quotation from Deuteronomy 18, 18 through 19. And it shows that the text that Moses wrote was a reference to the Messiah. Acts 3.24, And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days, You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that Yahweh made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Yahweh, having raised up his servant, the servant there is the Messiah, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. This is what Yeshua was talking about in John 5:46, where he said, For Moses wrote about me. If you believed Moses, you believe me, because Moses wrote about me. And you go find in the writings of Moses where he wrote about the coming Messiah. Deuteronomy 18 is one of the places where Moses wrote about Yeshua. But the Judahite leaders in John 5 would not accept Yeshua as the prophet like Moses. Therefore, they would be destroyed, as Deuteronomy 18 says. This is the proper understanding of John chapter 5, verse 46. Next, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 9, because this is another text that is often used in an attempt to teach that the Messiah should be called Yahweh or Yah and not Yeshua, as the manuscripts tell us. This is in Matthew 21, 9, where we read that the crowds were shouting something about the Messiah. And they were saying this, Blessed is he... Who comes in the name of the Lord. Now this, I'm reading out of an English version. I actually believe it should say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahweh. And I believe that text with all my heart. And the reason I believe it should say Yahweh is because it's a quotation from the Hebrew Scriptures, specifically Psalm 118, verse 26, where we read, Blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahweh. This lets us know that when we read the Lord... In Matthew 21, 9, it's talking about Yahweh the Father because the Hebrew text reads Yahweh. I want you to notice, though, that both texts, Matthew 21, 9 and its Old Testament counterpart, Psalm 118, verse 26, both of those texts speak of someone other than Yahweh coming in Yahweh's name. It's not talking about Yahweh coming in Yahweh's name. It's talking about blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahweh. And it's talking about somebody different than Yahweh. And that's very similar to what I've already shared about David coming in Yahweh's name in 1 Samuel 17.45. Very similar. David said, I come in the name of Yahweh. Matthew 21.9. Blessed is he, speaking of Yeshua, who comes in the name of Yahweh. Psalm 118.26 tells us he comes in the name of Yahweh, but it doesn't mean that his name is Yahweh. He comes to the people in the name of Yahweh, just like David came to Goliath in the name of Yahweh. And this means that he uses the name of Yahweh, and he has behind him Yahweh's testimony, and he has as his backing Yahweh's authority, just like David did 
David had Yahweh's backing, authority, testimony, when he battled the giant Goliath. Moving along to Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 through 6. Now, I have written a very lengthy study about this text that is on my website. You can get the information about my site at the end of the broadcast. But I want to take some time to comment on it here. I won't be as detailed in this lesson as I am in my writing. So if you want to get that writing, you can contact me at the end of the broadcast, and I'll be glad to send it to you. Jeremiah 23, 5-6 is another text that is often used by people who are either oneness or who still have some of that oneness tradition that they don't want to let go of. And they will say that Jeremiah 23, 5-6 tells us that the Messiah's name is Yahweh, not Yeshua or Yahshua, etc., so how are we to understand this text? Well, well, first of all, let me go read it. Let me flip over here to Jeremiah 23 because it is in the scriptures and we have to love it with all of our heart because it's part of Yahweh's word. Part of loving it is handling it accurately. Yahweh's not honored if we surface skate these texts. He's not honored. He's not glorified. He's not uplifted. We love Yahweh's word when we don't just believe it but when we believe what it originally meant. And yes, sometimes that takes detailed, in-depth research and study. But that ought to be study that we're willing to do because of the love that we have for Holy Scripture. Jeremiah 23, 5-6 Behold, the days are coming, declares Yahweh, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. Yahweh is our righteousness. First of all, I believe this text. Um, second of all, I do believe this is talking about Yeshua the Messiah. I do. I think that Yeshua is the righteous branch uh, for or from David. I do believe that is who this text is referencing. Um, at the same time, I believe I understand it properly because I've studied it in detail. And above all, you must have a correct understanding of the scriptures or else you'll come up with all sorts of beliefs that are contrary to what Yahweh's word actually teaches. Now, when we read this prophecy, we do see that the righteous branch of David is named Yahweh our righteousness. Or this Bible says Yahweh is our righteousness. In Hebrew, it's actually Yahweh Tzidkenu, which means Yahweh righteousness. So the is our or our is kind of added in as a translation gloss to make it sound smoother in the English. But it's just Yahweh Tzidkenu, Yahweh with that title meaning just or righteous behind it. And what most people are unaware of is that there is another prophecy in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33. Let's go over to Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 15 through 16. And in this prophecy, it's going to sound very similar, but we're going to notice that it's not talking about the Messiah in this prophecy. Jeremiah 33, 15 through 16. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and 
Jerusalem will dwell securely, and this is the name by which it will be called Yahweh Zidkenu. Yahweh is our righteousness. Notice that instead of using the term Israel, as in Jeremiah 23, where Israel will be saved, but it's talking about Jerusalem will dwell securely, which is the city, the city of Yahweh, chosen city. And then the Bible says this is the name by which it will be called. And other translations say, and this is the name whereby she shall be called. And I believe that is the accurate translation, the she. Once again, I deal with this in a more detailed way in my written study. But both the righteous branch in Jeremiah 23 and the city are named Yahweh Zidkenu. And this is in reference to Yahweh's name placed upon a location or city in Jeremiah 33. Now, in case you don't think that that's possible, let's look at a couple of texts. Genesis 22, where Yahweh places his name on locations. Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. It says this, So Abraham called the name of that place, Yahweh will provide. As it is said to this day on the Mount of Yahweh, it shall be provided. Notice Abraham gave a place the name Yahweh. This is actually Yahweh Yireh. But the key is the place is what Abraham named. Also, look at Ezekiel 48. The last verse, verse 35, talking about the city, and I would argue that this is the kingdom city, the New Jerusalem, and it says, The circumference of the city shall be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city from that time on shall be Yahweh is there. I think in Hebrew, if I remember correctly, that is Yahweh Shammah. S-H-A-M-M-A-H, Yahweh Shammah, Yahweh is there. That's the name of the city. Now, what this lets us know is that the naming of the righteous branch in Jeremiah 23 and the name of the city is not in the sense of their actual name, but rather it is an appellation given to both the righteous branch and the city, seeing, this is why, seeing the righteous branch is Yahweh's Messiah and the city is Yahweh's city. So therefore, in some way, the branch and the city have the name Yahweh applied to them. Now, moving on from there, I should note that there is another messianic prophecy in a contemporary prophet to Jeremiah, whose name is Isaiah, Yeshaya. And this is in Isaiah 7.14. Isaiah 7.14 is quoted in the New Testament or spoken of by the angel of Yahweh and recorded by Matthew in Matthew 1.22-23. And in this prophecy in Isaiah 7, the Messiah is said to be called by the name Emmanuel. Does that mean we should go around calling the Messiah Emmanuel instead of Yeshua? Well, some people, when backed into a corner, may say yes, but it would not be accurate. We should not call the Messiah Emmanuel instead of Yeshua. But if we misinterpret Isaiah 7, 14, 
And if we misinterpret Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6, do you know what we have? We have a contradiction on our hands. Because Isaiah 7 says, call him Emmanuel. And Jeremiah 23 says, call him Yahweh Zidkenu. That's a contradiction. If we misinterpret those texts, the key is to understand both texts in the sense of names given to the Messiah that describe more about his mission. It is okay for the Messiah to have these names, these appellations applied to him, as long as we understand them not to be in the sense of what he was actually called when he walked the earth. See, through Yeshua, Elohim was with us in a mighty way. And that's what the name Emmanuel means. Elohim is with us. And through Yeshua's mission, we will see, or we have seen, the righteousness of Yahweh. Thus, Yahweh our righteousness. You've been listening to the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. Our website is ministersnewcovenant.org. That's ministersnewcovenant.org. Please visit our website where you will find hundreds of audio sermons as well as videos, books, and articles explaining various doctrines in the scriptural faith. For questions, you can also call 678-347-6240. That's 678-347-6240. Thanks for listening, and according to His will, may Yahweh richly bless.